Hello, hello, I'm Julia, and this is the Dream Your Life podcast. This podcast is your guide to intentionally creating the life of your dreams. We talk purpose and passion and love and work and money and family and attaining abundance across all of these things. I'm here because I know from my own experiences that with the right mindset, all of us can live our dream life. So join me and start dreaming your life today. Hello, hello, fellow dreamers, and welcome back to the Dream Your Life podcast. So personal update here, but this last week has been pretty crazy and emotional and difficult for me, um, but also really incredible. Like I, I manifested something into my life that I have been dreaming about for months and months and maybe really years. And I didn't know how it was going to manifest, but it did. I focused, I visualized my end result and honestly, never would I have imagined that it would have happened the way it did. More on that later. But what happened was after this manifestation occurred, I was faced with this new temptation and a decision that was incredibly difficult because it, it required me to take a leap of faith rather than follow a more logical path. Follow faith over fear. And in this case, it was faith over money and comfort. I chose to follow faith. And it was, it was a very meta decision for me because this is what I preach, what I teach, but more importantly, what I fundamentally believe, which is when you choose faith, when you choose to believe in yourself against all odds, when you choose happiness and joy, it will be the right decision because happiness and joy is the ultimate goal for all of us. There's this quote from Buddha that says, there is no path to happiness. Happiness is the path. And I love it because it's true. We need to choose happiness now. And remember, it's a choice. Think about that. Okay. I will share more of that story soon. I promise. But for now, I want to get into this episode because I'm really excited about it. So I recorded this interview yesterday, and honestly, it's it's probably one of the more interesting conversations I've had on this podcast. First, because it's with my doctor turned close friend, Ricky Bass, Dr. Ricky Bass, um, who's just interesting and and brilliant and um and and just has has such a wealth of knowledge in so many different areas. But today we get into the science of mindset and the science of manifestation. And we talk about the power of belief and willpower and accountability and attitude and, and how these things all affect our brains, chemically affect our brains, and how they allow us to manifest our goals. Ricky shares just a bunch of stats and studies that have been done that really give that scientific credibility to manifestation. And 
pretty much everything that I talk about on this podcast. So I am fascinated by this stuff because though I probably would say I'm, well, I would definitely say I'm spiritual and I 100% believe that manifestation is real. It is. It's happened time and time and time and time and time and time again in my life. Um, I also like to see the, you know, quote unquote facts, like the, the data that backs it up. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if, if you know of any skeptics or if you've talked about manifestation with a friend who just doesn't buy it, um, or maybe just someone that you think will find it interesting or valuable, please share it with them. Take a screenshot and tag me at Dream Your Life Now on Instagram and share it on your stories. Um, I would appreciate it and hopefully other people will as well. So on to the episode. All right. Well, hello, hello to the amazing Dr. Ricky Bass, my doctor, my friend, and also my confidant. Confidant, I am so excited that you're joining the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy uh, to be here. And I'm so grateful that you put out this podcast because it really allowed us to connect about our, um, you know, our love of manifestation and how we've used it in our lives. Yes. And we're going to talk about that, Ricky, but, um, yeah, so I want to, I'm going to give some context on how you and I know each other and how we met, but first, can you one, introduce yourself however you'd like to, Mm -hmm. and then two, share three things that you're grateful for right now. All right. So number one, I am Ricky Bass. I am a mother. I'm a doctor. uh, I am a manifester and (laughs) I am very grateful for our friendship. I feel like we've been able to connect on a whole new level uh, once you put out this podcast. I'm also grateful for, I don't know if you saw me take a huge sip out of my water jug, but it's bigger than me and (laughs) by my side all day long. So I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for uh, the fact that I can look out the window and see the sun and the the wind blowing the leaves. And it's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. Um, Oh, I love that. And um, okay, so you, you started to mention it, but just to give again, the listeners some context, you are indeed my doctor. And that is how we first met. Actually, I think, no, my husband found you first. But um, when we moved to the Palisades, we were both looking for a new GP. And I think he was like, this one's great. It's, you know, she has amazing reviews and is in walking distance to our house. And um, so he went first and then he's like, you're going to love her. She's great. And then I went and we realized in that first appointment that our kids go to school together. And then there were just all these kind of connections in our lives. Um, But really it's been the last year. And and like you said, since I started the podcast and I shared it with you that um, we've started to talk about, uh, we talk a lot about just the power of mindset and the power of manifestation and how we both, use this in our own lives, but how we use it to help the people in our, in our lives as well and um, our clients. So I would love to hear from you. Um, first, just how you've used manifestation in your own life and the incredible things that you have manifested, but also in your approach to working with your patient, patients and, 
and thinking about manifestation in the context of healthcare. Um, so can we just start with that? Can we start with, with your story? Yeah, absolutely. So when you started this podcast, I knew that I had to reach out to you and tell you that I am a manifester. It's something that I had never really shared with anyone uh, because I thought that people wouldn't understand it. And um, so I kind of always kept it to myself, um, although I've instilled um, a lot of the growth mindset and, and positive thinking um, into, into my patients, I feel that um, I didn't really share my story with anyone. And so you inspired me to share my story and, and really um, open up more about how I've manifested um, pretty much every big decision I've made in my life. And so uh, first, I was in college. I had done all the stage makeup for um, my high school and theater, and I decided that I wanted to go work on Broadway and do stage makeup on Broadway. And I contacted uh, for Cabaret, and so I contacted the uh, roundabout theater company and I told them I wanted to come do stage makeup and I was happy to be an intern and they said well we have lots of internships we don't have a stage makeup intern our internship program and I said that's okay I of course have that you know growth mindset positivity <laughs> happiness I said we can find a way to make it work yeah. and I'm happy to do whatever works for you. And lo and behold, that summer I was interning on Broadway with the whole cast of Cabaret doing stage makeup with the lead oh. makeup artist. And it was incredible. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, kind of one of the first big things that I manifested um, in my life. And then I- I'm sorry. And Ricky, with that- you know, um, and I don't want to derail the story, but I, what to you is the difference between persistence and manifestation? Yeah, so uh, persistence, I feel that there's a big difference. So persistence, you can ask and ask and ask, but it's not the same as manifestation where you truly believe. You mm -hmm. truly believe what you're what you're asking for is going to happen. You believe it in at your core. Yes. Yes. Um, and I do. I do have some research that I want to talk about as well. But I'll. Um, I'll just quickly go over. Yeah. My yeah. Story. And so then, um, you know, into college, I decided. Uh, to switch paths. I went into, I started off as PR, went into business, ended up working in PR. Um, my senior year, I met my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. And um, I always had nicknames for my, the guys that I had crushes on and his nickname was husband. So <laughs> he ended up becoming my husband. And uh, it was a couple of years after we met, we started dating. We were friends for a while, but he did end up becoming my husband. And when I started dating him, I called my friends and family and said, we can't call him husband anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that just putting that energy forward and truly believing it really allowed that to happen. And when we started dating, I was living, so a little bit about, uh, sorry, I'm jumping around a lot, but like I said, I started off as a, a PR and communication major, and then I went into business. I graduated with a, uh, as a business uh, major, 
in undergrad, and then I worked in PR and event planning, and then decided that I wanted to go into medicine. And everybody told me I was crazy, I couldn't do it. My father didn't believe I could do it. Uh, people tried to talk me out of it and said that I would have a miserable life. And I just knew it was my path and my passion. And so I followed uh, my belief. Again, I believed in myself yeah. and I went out to New York um, to start a pre-medical program out there at Columbia University because uh, I hadn't taken any of the prereqs. And while I was yeah. out there, my husband and I started dating and we were maybe on our second date. I, I had come out to LA once and then he came out to spend the weekend with me in New York. And it was the most romantic weekend, the middle of the winter, light snow was falling. I mean, it was just amazing. We went to the opera. Um, we saw La Traviata on closing night and we went wow. to Broadway and we went to cute little wine shops and to a little jazz show. I mean, it was just everything yeah. about it was so romantic. Magical. Yeah. Magical. Yeah. And I remembered um, I was sitting with him right before he was about to leave. And I was thinking, I really want him to say, I love you. I was just like manifesting it. Yeah. We went outside. I walked into the taxi. We said goodbye. We gave each other a kiss. Again, super romantic. It was 5 a.m. Snow is lightly falling on us. We're the only two people on the street. And this taxi comes along. And he looks at me and he says, I love you. And it's and this was only character. like, this was like five weeks into dating. Exactly. And so out of character for him. Yeah. Yeah. So it was amazing. And he was obviously very embarrassed that he said it. He couldn't believe he said it, <laughs> yeah. but I was happy. Of course. And um, yeah, then we ended up, uh, you know, dating, getting married, yada, yada. And then I was applying for medical school and um, when I went to apply for medical school, I had to take my MCATs before I applied. And I bombed the first one. I was so anxious. I did so poorly. I did worse than the like initial assessment that I ever took. Oh, wow. And at first I thought, wow. And at some of the research that I'm gonna talk about kind of goes into this, especially Carol Dweck's work. But at first I thought, wow, I'm never gonna get into medical school with a, a score like that. I got my score a month later. My husband and I were about to leave for Spain and I had signed up for another test right before we were leaving just in case. In the meantime, I hadn't studied at all. I got my score. I said I can't to myself, I can't apply to med school with that score. Yeah. I went in to retake it. I hadn't been studying for a month. And um, I was just in a much better place in general. I wasn't so nervous or anxious. Mm -hmm. I went in, I did incredible. And um, I decided that I wanted to stay in LA for medical school, which is a really hard thing to do because there's only UCLA and USC in LA mm -hmm. for med school. So it's two schools and, you know, thousands of applicants. Right. And I applied. Uh, it was really USC that I wanted to go to. I'm a Trojan, I, although I work at UCLA. And <laughs> I applied. I manifested everything, felt it at my core. I knew it. I believed it. I ended up having the most incredible interview. And uh, it lasted over an hour. 
was amazing. And then I felt so great that I walked into the um, dean's office, the dean of admissions, and I asked if I could speak with her. And we sat down and we talked for another one or two hours. And that was not typical of her to sit and meet with students who were applying and interviewing. So I just feel again that that was I just believed it. I believed it was all yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And then lo and behold, I got accepted. And it's wow. really, it was my mindset, my positivity, my beliefs yeah. and my manifestation that got me there. So I could go on and on, but it's, you know, this has moved forward in my life as far as jobs and my yeah. children and all of that. So I want to ask you quickly, just when you, you know, you're in, this is after you graduated um, as a business major and you were in PR and event planning and then, and then when that shift happened, when you realized, okay, I, I, I actually want to become a doctor. I want to go to med school and everyone's telling you you're crazy. Um, and that's not logical and you don't have the prereqs and all that stuff. Like, how did you know that? Can you, can you try to describe that knowing feeling that this was what was aligned for you, that this was your passion, that this was something that you knew you had to do? Like, what did that feel like? So first of all, I remember thinking to myself and saying this all the time as I was going through my prereqs and through medical school. And even now, I remember thinking the grass is greener on the other side. You know how mm -hmm. they say the grass is always greener on the other side? Now I was on the other side. I was on the side of medicine. I was following my passion and the grass was greener. I wasn't looking back and thinking I should have stayed on, you know, in the yeah. other world that I yeah. was in. Um, so how did I realize it? I was going on this kind of self-exploration while I was in PR and event planning. You know, I was young in my twenties and trying to figure out what it was that I really wanted to be doing. And I knew that I wanted to do something where I would constantly be learning and helping people. Mm -hmm. And I was looking into different kinds of career paths and what I should do. And I decided that for me, it was medicine. It just fit my personality. Um, it still fits my personality. And I just knew it. I knew in my core. And while people were telling me all this negative stuff, yeah, uh, I just, I felt that if I didn't try it, I would always wonder. So I said, yeah. you can tell me all this. You can tell me I can't do it, but let me make my choice. Let me see things for myself and decide what's best for me. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, I've talked about this um, and you know about the decision that I had to make yesterday and you, what you did was follow faith, which is what, you know, less than 1% of people do. I, the vast, vast, vast majority of human beings will stay in the comfort zone or, you know, let fear overtake them, which is, you know, the, the fear can manifest in many ways. It's not, it's not always necessarily looking quote unquote evil, right? Fear is comfort. Fear is stagnancy. Fear is not going after your dreams, you know, and the fact that you had the foresight to know that it was going to, the grass was going to be greener, but the courage to take that leap I mean, that's, that's a testament to 
to your inner being, right? Into your just, it's self-worth, right? It's, it's believing in yourself above everything else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, like, is there, do you feel like is it the way you were raised? Is it just like, again, like, is it just this intuitive knowing and, or how, how can you describe that? And how can we help listeners who might be in a similar situation and, and they have these tugs and this like, you know, feeling that they want to do something, but are stuck in the fear? Yeah. So I think part of it is, um, you know, part of it is definitely just innately in me. I'm a driven person. I've always wanted to try new things. I'm, I, yeah, I'm not um, a, a huge risk taker when it comes to like things like skydiving or yeah. bungee yeah. jumping, but I am a risk taker in some other ways, you know, where I'm not afraid to change my career and, and take a leap yeah. of faith. And actually what happened to me was that I went on a trip with my mother and I ran into this woman there. Uh, there were so many incredible people there that I met. And this one woman who was, you know, in her forties, I guess, maybe uh, mid forties, she told me about her career path and all the things she had done. And she had kind of taken all these she had taken many leaps of faith along the way and mm. she was just such an inspiration to me. So similar to, you know, you having this podcast and people sharing their stories, I had a chat with this woman and she shared her story about how she started off in, uh, I believe it was PR and then she wasn't making any money and all her friends and finance because she lived in New York were making a lot of money. So she decided she was going to go into finance. So she went to business school, went to finance. She made tons of money, but was working all the time and was miserable. And so then she decided to leave that and start her own nonprofit. And I just remember being in awe of her and her wow. story. And I wish I had her contact information because I would reach out to her now and tell her what a big impact she's had on wow, my life. Yeah. But it was sitting there in that moment. I think I was I was still pretty young and impressionable. Um, you know, I was in college, and it just really her story left an impact on me. Mm-hmm. So I do think that um, you know, having a positive attitude and being happy and truly believing in yourself, and hearing other people that have been through this and and made the same you know, made a leap of faith and believed, but believed in themselves, despite what everybody else is saying around them will allow them to succeed. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, Carol Dweck, because I think this leads nicely. Yeah. um, And and some of the other things that I, I wanted to bring up today. But So Carol Dweck, you know, she studies human motivation and what allows people to succeed. And she's done research on a growth mindset, and that can really affect what we manifest. So I'll tell you a little bit. um, I'm going to start off with one of her studies. So she took these 10-year-olds and she gave them a problem that was maybe just a little bit, um, you know, slightly challenging for them. And some of those kids went and said, whoa, I love a challenge. I was hoping this would happen. I was hoping I would learn more. And 
for those kids, they really had a growth mindset. They knew that their abilities could be developed and that would lead to more success. And other 10 year olds thought it was completely catastrophic. How could you give me a problem that I can't fix? You know, I failed. And so those children have more of a fixed mindset. And so I'll talk a little bit more about the mindset. So in a growth mindset, um, you believe that you can uh, develop um, intelligence. You have a desire to learn, you embrace challenges. So a challenge comes along and you're excited about it. Like the 10 year olds that said, ooh, I was excited. I thought I'd learn more today. Yeah. You're persistent in the face of setbacks. So uh, uh, let's say a patient comes in, they're unhappy with something, they complain. Um, the lead physician in my office or my manager comes and talks to me. If I were to take that information and use it to grow rather than, you know, look at it as a setback and holding on to it and thinking yeah. that I'm a terrible doctor, you yeah. know, something along yeah. those lines. Um, and then effort is the, uh, the path to mastery, right? So my effort that I put forth while studying to go to medical school was the path to become a doctor, right? So it was hard. People told me I couldn't do it, but I knew my effort would pay off. Mm -hmm. um, you learn from feedback and criticism and they find lessons and inspiration in success of others. So similar to how that woman shared her story with me, her success story, I was just inspired by her. Yeah. Um, and the result is that you achieve um, higher levels of achievement. You know, you're more successful when you have a growth mindset. And, and so you can really use that growth mindset to manifest. Yeah. And then a fixed mindset is more of this static intelligence. You wanna look smart, you avoid challenges, you give up easily, effort is fruitless, you ignore all feedback that you're getting and you feel threatened by others who are smarter or doing better than you. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a plateau, you achieve less and you know, you're not as happy. And so I think that when we talk about manifestation and we're looking at the, some research behind it and how I apply it with my patients and, and how it can be achieved, we really need to look at having a growth mindset. Mm. And there are studies to show that those children will, you know, and people, adults too, who have a growth mindset will achieve more, cheat less, feel more positive yeah. um, and overall be more successful in life. And so I so, think- So Ricky, yeah. for, the, for the study with the 10 year olds, like what creates a growth versus a fixed mindset at that young age, is it? It is uh, focus on the process and not the outcome. So if you focus on the process of something, like, wow, mm. let's focus on the, pro this problem, you're, okay, an example. My son comes to me and says, mommy, I got a math problem at school. It's really, really hard. I can't do it. I hate math. Fixed mindset, right? Yeah. So the way to encourage him to have more of a growth mindset would be to focus on the process. Oh yeah, bud, that's happened to me. I didn't get the answer to my problem. Let's go back and see how we might be able to work through it, right? And just having him explain it to me. Ooh, that's interesting. Ah, I see. That's how you chose that. And so really focusing on the process and, oh, even if we didn't get the right answer, we really enjoyed going through that together. Yeah. 
you know? So focusing really on the process and not the, uh, our child brings you a picture, right? And shows you the picture they made at school. And instead of saying, oh, I love it. It's amazing. You're a master artist. We're framing it and putting it up in the front of the house. You can, of course, frame it and put it up in the front of the house if you want. Uh, But the point is that you really want to sit with your child and say, oh, tell me about how you decided to use purple and yellow together. Yeah. Oh, mommy, because I love the Lakers, you know. (laughs) Why are there three birds and two butterflies? That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tell me the story behind the picture. Yeah. So that really helps create a growth mindset when you're focusing on the process instead of the outcome. Yeah. But then, so, so that's really, I mean, does that mean that if you're for, for children that are, well, I guess this is a two-part question. One, does that put children who have parents that provide this kind of encouragement and feedback and are there to really help them um does that put all of those children from you know that come from these healthy family environments ahead of those that don't or is that can you have a a growth mindset without that like support yeah they did some studies and i don't have them right in front of me this moment, but they did do some studies in some lower income neighborhoods where kids didn't know how to hold a pencil correctly and they would um, get frustrated and give up easily. And then they focused more, they basically went in and created a curriculum to focus more on the process and the kids ended up developing more of a growth mindset. So even if not in the home, if it's in the schools or somewhere else, then, yeah. uh, then that would definitely um, help create a growth mindset. Yeah. They also looked at the brains of these children and the electrical activity in the brains. And those mm-hmm. that had a fixed mindset or who would run from error, uh, they had very little activity. So when you look at the pictures of it, their brains basically had no activity growing going on. Their brains just weren't engaged. Wow. And the children who had that growth mindset, oh, here's a challenge, I love it. They actually had their brain really light up. Um, it was on fire and their brains were deeply engaged. And so for these children, you know, they're really engaging their minds and it shows that if we believe it and we're willing to do the work, we can achieve it. Um, And even again, if the outcome isn't what you expected, you believed you could. Mm -hmm. So even if it didn't work out exactly as as you thought it would. And 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 belief, yeah, belief is the basis. Like going, just circling back to everything you were saying in the beginning, belief is the basis of manifestation. Exactly, yeah. So then growth mindset versus fixed mindset. This was the second part of my question. And this is, this actually relates to the brain and, and the idea of neuroplasticity. But when we, like, can you switch from if you're if you have a fixed mindset during childhood and, and early adulthood, like is do you have the ability to change that? And how do you do that? Yeah, um, I don't have exact data on that, but 
people's attitudes in general can shift, right? And so that's what it is. It's an attitude, how you're viewing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whether it's going to be, whether it is through therapy or meditation or journaling or a combination of all of that, um, there's a way to achieve a growth mindset. Yeah. And so things you know, if somebody, I've had patients who are really down on themselves and constantly uh, thinking negative thoughts about them. Yeah. And um, those patients may be very depressed. And so it's a combination sometimes, you know, it's sometimes it requires medication plus uh, therapy and whatnot. But I also talk to them about the power of meditation mm-hmm. and um, mindful self-compassion. Talk to yourself the way that a friend would talk to you. Don't yeah. put yourself down all the time. And if you talk to yourself and that the way that you would talk to a friend or a friend would talk to you, you will slowly start to make changes. You will slowly start to believe that you deserve good things, that you are a good person. And, you know, that could even help enable a growth mindset and then working one-on-one with your therapist. And for some people who do have a chemical imbalance, it may require some uh, medication as well. And, and that's okay. It's, you know, you, there are so many resources to get people to shift their views. And sometimes it's very complicated. There can be people who are refractory to, to multiple modalities, but the, um, if you keep trying, we can help make small changes at a time. Yeah. And I, and, you know, we've talked about your approach and really a holistic approach to healthcare and medicine, but can you talk a little bit more about how you work with patients? So you've talked about meditation and mindful self-compassion, but what are the transformations that you've seen that you can attribute to mindset and belief? Yeah, I mean, there's many transformations. So, I mean, not probably every time I'm at work, I see a patient that comes in at least one and I see a very positive change. I've seen it in uh, my patients who are obese and are looking to lose weight and make positive changes. Mm -hmm. And they go and we talk about lifestyle changes, uh, exercise, diet, uh, and not so much dieting, but more about how to eat healthy for their bodies and feel their best. Yeah. Um, And we focus on things that are in their control. And I'll talk a little bit more about the research on control as well and how to take charge of those things in their lives. And I see them coming back and the weight loss they've achieved is incredible. But not only that, we're seeing their cholesterol come down, their blood pressure come down. We're seeing their activity levels and energy levels just go up and their happiness improve. Yeah. They're in less pain, their joints have less weight on them and they don't have as much reflux and they're sleeping better because their sleep apnea has improved. And so it all comes from their, you know, empowering the patient that they have control and they can take, you know, charge of that. And and I can provide them with the uh, healthy foods they should be focusing on and the amount of exercise and the meditations they can do and, and, um, 
statements they can tell themselves to empower themselves. So I've seen really positive work with that. I had one patient come in with a uh, who was not obese, but had a sky high cholesterol. I called the patient. I said, you know, uh, your cholesterol is really high. And I really think that we need to start medication for this. And my patient said to me, no way. I, I do not want to start medication. I said, okay. In my experience, I've, I, I said, okay, first of all, I'm always willing to work with you. All I'm doing is making a recommendation, but ultimately you're, you get to decide what you're going to do for your body, right? Mm -hmm. And here's some information for you about how to lower your cholesterol. Here's some steps you can take. Let's follow up in two months. And when I got off with him, we spoke over the phone. When I got off with that patient, I thought to myself, there's no way. I've never seen a cholesterol that high come down to a level that did not require cholesterol medications. Mm -hmm. So I had a limiting belief. Right? Yeah. I didn't yeah. tell him, yeah. but I did in my head. He comes to me two months later. We check his cholesterol. I was blown away by how low it was. Wow. And I mean, he instilled a lot of belief in me. Yeah. Too, because I was just so in shock by the change he was able to make. But so by what did, what did he do? basically followed a Mediterranean diet. So it's mostly plant-based diet and some fish and he exercised. He increased his amount of exercise to an hour a day, aerobic activity, and his cholesterol came way down. It was all, it, for him, it all came down to diet. Not everybody can do that. Some people do have familial, um, you know, genetic uh, factors that play a role in their cholesterol, but you know, he didn't have that obviously, and he could do it. Can, can I offer a, maybe an addition to that? Because clearly he had the belief as well. Believed, yes. He, he believed that he could, he knew it. And that, that along, what? Sorry, go ahead and then I'll No, talk. I'm just, I like hearing that and his, you know, his confidence and his belief along with the moving of your body and the eating the proper nutrients. It's like, it's that combination. Yeah, absolutely. And then that kind of brings me to my next, um, you know, because a lot of manifestation can be backed in research. And I kind of want to talk about that too. All right. So there's a lot of research that talks about the internal locus of control and an external locus of control. And so basically what that means, you know, in very easy terms is that if you have an internal locus of control, you believe that your will and behavior is directed by your own internal decisions versus somebody who has an external locus of control. They believe that uh, one's behavior and results are guided by circumstances out of their control. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that and we look at the research, there's a lot of research to show that the internal locus of control um, is associated with happier, more positive attitudes. And the external locus of control is correlated more with mood disorders like depression, mm -hmm. poor life satisfaction, shorter marriages, mm -hmm. and lower levels of motivation. So a lot of you know, clinicians, including myself, um, use this to help guide our patients, right? To help them take control. And that yeah. patient who had the high cholesterol 
definitely had that internal locus of control. No, I can get my cholesterol down with my actions and my decisions. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you have an attitude that you can be in control of your success and failure, so you're not blaming yeah. it on other people or attributing it to somebody else, if you value a positive attitude mm -hmm. and you accept responsibility for your actions, your yes. achievements, your failures, and if you understand that your success and failures come from your own effort, mm -hmm. then you can gain an internal locus of control. So, you know, a lot of times it's just reshaping your beliefs. Yeah. And, you know, you know, there's um, one of my favorite books I've talked about it on the podcast. It's, um, it's by Jack Canfield called The Success Principles. And the number one success principle, this is a business and man, well, I mean, he's just very spiritual and and believes in the law of attraction, but his number one success principle, and he's interviewed thousands of successful people, both, you know, who are financially successful and um, happy and all of that. The number one advice and the number one thing that sets apart successful people is that they take 100% accountability for everything in their lives. Absolutely. And when that really struck me because I think that I do have an internal locus of control. I do believe that I have control over my will and behavior, but all of a sudden I started looking at everything, like things that would happen at work and you know, comments that were made, everything. Like I'm gonna take 100% accountability for the way that this transpired. I'm not gonna play the blame game. I'm not going to look for a scapegoat. I am going to take 100% accountability. And I really do use this across every area of my life, whether it's even with kids, you know, a lot of times you can be like, I can't believe they're doing this. And it's like, no, I'm going to take accountability. Like this, they learn from somewhere. I have the, the, the control. I can, I can help them see a different way of, you know, reacting to this or whatever it is. Um, but I think that this is such an important piece that people often, you know, don't realize of, of what can actually bring you success. Like when you actually take that accountability and when you realize that everything is really within your control. Absolutely. I agree. And so, you know, as a physician, I find it very important to also be accountable for things that I do. So for instance, I sent a prescription uh, for one of my patients um, to her pharmacy, which was a delivery service. They charged her, they sent it. And when I saw her, she said, oh, you sent that prescription in. And I told you, I don't need a refill. I don't need any more refills. And I got charged. And I looked at her and I said, I am so sorry. I immediately wrote our office manager. I said, can we please compensate her? I'm happy to take it out of my you know, paycheck, whatever. Yeah. I felt terrible. It was my yeah. fault. And I wanted to take responsibility for yeah. that. Yeah. So I wasn't trying to hide from it or run from yeah. it or make yeah. up excuses. Or I blame someone else. Yes. Yeah. I, and then, And it's the whole theme of also like, you are the creator of your life. Life is not happening to you. You are co-creating your life with the universe or whatever you want to call it, but you are a creator. And when, when you start to really live this and believe it, 
things start to shift because that control that it's within you, mm-hmm. everything, your reactions, every, like everything, your feelings, like it's, it's all within you to control. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about the growth mindset and Carol Dweck's work. And then we talked about this internal locus of control and really taking responsibility um, for everything in your life, good and bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's also research. And, and I just feel that all of this kind of plays into manifestation that shows that our expectations, positive or negative, will lead to an outcome consistent with our beliefs. Yes. So there's um, Barbara Fredrickson, who's done a lot of work on positive emotions, looking at joy, serenity, and gratitude versus more negative emotions. And she's found that positive emotions will allow for a broader array of thoughts and actions and impulses and allow people to really make positive changes. And that those she's done studies showing that people who get positive uh, stimulation through video or negative stimulation through video um, and found that the people who had the positive stimulation actually showed greater action urges and they just tended to have more broader mindsets that led to more positive outcomes. Yeah. And, uh, there's another um, Dr. Sonia, and I can't pronounce her last name. It's Libo Bomersky. And she also looked at um, happiness. And she found that happiness leads to, through her research, again, these are, this is all research-based. And this is really, I mean, this is really going to resonate with you. But happiness leads to uh, increased income, better work outcomes, more friends, better social support, better and longer and happier marriages, increased activity and energy and better health. And a lot of that's, you know, seen even in the hormone balances, right? So their cortisol Mm -hmm. levels are lower and they have less stress. And as a result of that, they actually have a longer life. Yes, this is like, yes. I mean, seek happiness, seek happiness because ultimately that's the goal anyway. All the other things are really just a means to get happy, right? But if you seek happiness first, then like you said, it leads to increased income. It leads to more successful relationships and and better health. So that's what we should all be doing is prioritizing feeling good and prioritizing being happy. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think these, you know, this is all research fact and there's data yeah. to show and it's all part of the manifestation, you know? Yeah, it really so is. For people who want more of a kind of a scientific and research backed, yeah. you know, way of viewing manifestation, it's here. And, and I see it even in my practice with my patients. Um, a lot with my patients also, I know I mentioned a lot of stuff with kind of metabolic health, but also a lot with my patients, um, in any realm of medicine, especially uh, mental health as well. And I see much more positive outcomes for them, building better relationships with their families, doing better at work um, and finding, you know, just true success and happiness in their lives. Yeah. Oh, Ricky, thank you so much. I've loved this conversation and we, we talk about manifestation all the time, but we've never talked about any of these studies. And so I, 
Um, I love all of this because I love the science behind like what we what we intuitively know to be true too. Mm -hmm. Um, this was so, so wonderful. I so appreciate you and I'm so happy to be just on this journey with you. And, um, and so thank you. Thanks for your time today. And, um, I can't wait to see you soon. Yeah. And thank you. And thank you for being so open about your manifestation and your belief in, in this world, because it really has opened my eyes and my voice up so much and i'm so grateful for our growing friendship um and just you know to have you in my life so thank you me too all right ricky well we'll talk soon have a wonderful day continue spreading joy and and cultivating that happiness for yourself and for everyone listening i hope you enjoyed that episode and like i mentioned in the beginning If it did resonate with you or if there's anyone you think would benefit from it, please do share it with them, take a screenshot, uh, post it to your stories, or just let me know what you thought um, about it. You can always DM me. My handle is dreamyourlifenow on Instagram. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day or your evening, and remember to choose happiness.